I will not tell you the history of the land of Haith, and all that has happened within. I could, of course, there is a legend hanging onto the lips of every old shrew, and buried in every crevice of every stone. I could tell you the tale of the first king of the floating mountain, and the daemon deal he struck. I could tell you the tale of the slobbering god and the heaven blade used to kill her. I could tell you the tale of the lightning dancers and their twirling bodies, or of the north wind god and the one brave mouse who stood against him, or of the death that all dragons feared and faced. But I won't, for it's not my place. After all, it wouldn't make for a good journey if I told you all that right at the start. Instead, let me tell you some things you'll need to know about the Haithland that are true, no matter what. The Haith is a beautiful and boundless land full of life and soul. It is composed of small communities kept separate by vast stretches of wilderness and connected by dirt paths, waterways, and the rare hot air balloon passage. Beauty comes in endless shapes and forms, but everything in this land holds the capacity to be appreciated and admired. Gods and spirits can be found everywhere, from the small and forgotten gods that hide behind rocks and in waves, to the Piscean deal-making crossroads daemons, to the great sky gods themselves. The Haith is a land of animal folk. I've seen mousy soldiers, pigeon merchants, squirrel musicians, gecko fishermen, and at least one very distinctive bartending toad. You can't assume much about someone based on their look. Meat eaters are just as likely to be kind as herbivores. And even the smallest mouse can have a lion's heart. While a family might all be the same animal folk, they might also have wildly different appearances. And frankly, it's none of your business to inquire. The Haith is full of buggy livestock, pets, and wild creatures. From herds of chubby bumbles to stag beetles the size of houses, striders that dance across the water to carrier moths bringing letters from tower to tower by moonlight. Bugs and animal folk live together in harmony and care. You'll encounter plenty of references to these buggy creatures throughout this book, and while they tend to do their best to make clear both their look and role in Haith, interpret generously and use whatever bugs feel right for your journey. The Haith boasts a widespread culture of hospitality, a traveler arriving to a new town is always going to be able to find some sort of lodging, even if it's sleeping in a barn with some bumbles, and will always be given food and water of some sort. There is a trust within this hospitality. If you hurt or lash out at your hosts, they'll have no problem kicking you out. But if you're kind, and you mean well, you'll be welcomed in with open arms. In the Haith, we'll be meeting people who are fundamentally good. Not everywhere you go in life will this be true. But on the journey contained within this book, most everyone can be trusted to be kind. The exceptions are the mighty generals, lords, heroes, soldiers, and all those whose soul has been weighed down with power. While they might still be good, their goodness has been poisoned by struggle. Thankfully, folks of that nature are exceedingly rare nowadays, and most everyone knows to give these lonely conquerors a wide berth. Finally. The Haithland was recently caught in war, but is no longer. There is no violence here anymore. Hello, folks, and welcome to Left Foot Forward. I am your host, Jonah, or Daisy, and this is a Wander Home actual play series where we build the wonderful land of Haith together and fill it with beautiful stories. Wander Home is a game written by J-Dragon and published by Possum Creep Games. If you want to check out the game, you can find it at the website linked in the episode description. And as always, I have a guest with me on the show. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello and welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, well, today my name is going to be Lila, and I'll explain more about that identity later. Um, 
but I'm very excited to be here and play Wander Home with you today. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's all for introductions. Thank you so much for joining me. To start us off, I think we can hop right into it and go into character creation. So for anyone either just learning about Wander Home or not familiar with the system yet, we are going to build our uh, characters step by step and use the Wander Home play kit to help us along that journey. Uh, in Wander Home, there are different playbooks that describe and help us build our characters. So, uh, would you like to tell us what playbook you are choosing, Lila? Um, I am choosing... Uh, where'd I go? Firelight. Ooh, that is an interesting one. Why don't you go ahead and read us that, that little tagline description of the fire... Of the, that tagline description of the firelight. Sure. It is easy to get lost in the darkness and the deep. The firefly at your side will always guide the way. You are alive. Your care is forward-thinking, mutual, and shining bright. Ooh, I like that. Are there any particular words in that that, that speak out to you more? Or, I guess, what... what uh, pulled you to choose this playbook? Um, I think what I really liked about this particular playbook was that um, kind of being a light, a guide um, when there might be darkness um, and letting people know that, yes, things may not be great right now, but we can find a path out together. All right. So, so really pushing on that theme of finding the way through. So, so the firelight, you, you get to have a firefly with you. That's pretty cool. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Why don't you, you, you start us off then and roll down this list and give us a name and pronouns. Sure. Um, so my name is Lila and my pronouns are she, her, and I am a bush baby. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have to look up an image for this because I love them. Yeah, they're adorable. I saw a nocturnal animal and I was like, that's a nocturnal animal. Oh, my gosh. Their eyes are huge. Oh. Okay. I love it. So we got that image in there. Lila the Bush Baby Firelight. What are you thinking in terms of like physical size for Lila? Just as a reference point, because Mina, the character I will be playing, uh, she is a big rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's an Angora rabbit, so she's oh, like nice. super fluffy. Um, but she's also like, I think maybe like five to six feet tall. <laughs> okay. A larger than life. Yeah. Great. Um, so I imagine Lila to be slightly bigger than a normal bush baby because they're pretty tiny. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going with like four and a half feet. Okay. Okay. Solid. Won't maybe get lost like, in the grass. <laughs> yeah. You know, like maybe human teenager height. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, as a side note, I'm terrible with distance references. So, me too. <laughs> if I say something and at any point you're just like, that's weird, uh, <laughs> we can either roll with it or break it down to figure out its actual distance. Um, well, that is a good starting point. Uh, I like that. And. Now that we are beginning to see an image of Lila, now I'm going to sort of sidetrack and jump into our first interview question. Yes. Maybe this would have been better to do before we jumped into it, but maybe not. Who knows? We're <laughs> learning as we go. Uh, since we are both here playing a TTRPG or tabletop role-playing game, I assume that we both enjoy them, or yeah. at least are interested 
and my first question is, what is your experience with TTRPGs? How long have you been playing them, or did you recently pick them up? Do you maybe have a favorite game, or many different games? So I started playing um, TTRPGs, I want to say like two-ish years ago. Um, my husband played Dungeons and Dragons growing up and has always wanted me to play like Warhammer or other things with him. And I'm like, eh. So <laughs> um, for Valentine's Day two years ago, I decided, you know what? My mom tried to get me to play Dungeons and Dragons when I was little. I kind of liked it. I will get him kind of the starter set and my daughter and I will create characters and we will present this to him for Valentine's day. Um, I had a friend at work who, who helped me create the characters. So um, yeah, we, we kind of started playing from there. Um, He started us off with kind of one of the campaigns you find in a book, but then he had us do a campaign where we found the Entwives from Lord of the Rings, which was amazing. Um, so yeah, we, we played, um, relatively frequently, but nothing like, you know, maybe a couple times a month, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then COVID hit (laughs) and, um, yes, although this has been a positive in, in some respects, um, some friends of mine who I work with wanted to play D and D and my husband didn't have a capacity to DM. And another friend who was going to play, who is very well well versed in D and D, also couldn't DM. And I was like, okay. So I decided to take on the DM role, and it's been super fun. Um, and yeah, I, I ended up homebrewing most of it. It was loosely based off of um, Tyranny of Dragons. Only mm. in that I had Tiamat as the possible big bad at the end. Yeah. Um, and there were cultists and masks involved, but I just kind of did my own thing with it. And it was just really cool to kind of create this world. Um, and so they decided they wanted to keep playing after the initial campaign. And they were also interested in Wagadu. So I'm planning a spinoff where we end up in Wagadu next. Um, so I'm I'm excited to continue playing with that. But through Discord, I came across Wander Home. Um, I think you had talked about it on the Three Black Halflings podcast uh, Discord. And um, then someone posted something about Quest, and I'm like, well, that looks cool too. So now I have a whole bunch of TTRPGs <laughs> yes. that I'm interested in playing and running and whatnot. So The floodgates have opened. They have. And I've, I've played two sessions of Quest um and so that's been fun and kind of figuring out what that looks like but yeah all right that's awesome do you uh do you prefer to be a gm or a player i know that's the the age-old question of those who have partaken in both um there are aspects of both that i really like in terms of being able to be creative my husband's running a game for my daughter our neighbor's son and me. And it has been fun to, to play again. And I'm playing a fighter, which I've never done before. And it's like, oh my gosh, look at all this damage I can do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can hit how like, many times? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so I have liked that after DMing for several months and not playing um, as a PC. Um, and so like being able to embody that character has been fun, but I'm also really enjoying kind of the story creating aspect of DMing, I think also because I'm kind of creating it with, you know, hints of other people's ideas, but trying to kind of pull it into my, to my own. I love that. That's, that's my favorite thing about, about <laughs> being a DM is, is more of using other people's ideas than right. my own. <laughs> But hopefully we can strike a balance of both of that here because in Wonder Home, there is no strict GM, uh, we sort of just let the narrative flow as we gain and spend tokens and build the places we have. So we can kind of stretch both our world building and character playing muscles here. Absolutely. That's what, that's one of the things I'm really enjoying about this game. <sighs> one of the many. I I know. I I'm, know. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, now back to character creation from that side uh, exploration. Let's go back to Lila, our bush baby firelight, and talk about some things that describe her. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and read the next thing on the list? Okay, so I will always be present and discerning, but I can't be resolute or patient. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Those are very interesting. I (laughs) love... I know. (laughs) I like the always be present. But I'm going to be Uh, impatient in that presence. (laughs) (laughs) Is that so? Is that is that? I mean, I guess on some aspects, it's like a always physical presence, at least for the time being. But but like, how does that? How do you how do you see that manifesting? Like, is it you're always like nose in everything or? Or just like around ears, ears listening. Yeah, I think it's, and and this is like a personal life goal too. So I was like, I'll put it on my bush, baby. Um, being present in the moment and not getting overly hung up on, well, where where might we have made a mistake two hills ago, um, oh. or getting overly obsessed with like, well, where are we going next? What's happening next? And just like accepting, okay, this is where we are right now. Let's make our decisions for what we need right now. And I think that's kind of where the discerning comes in, like what's necessary for this moment, what's not necessary for this moment, and let's move on if yeah. when, when needed. I really like that because that's, that's less of the always present in like the overbearing sense because because to me that's the first thing that comes to mind i'm like oh there's somebody literally always here (laughs) (laughs) i I like i like that it's the less of present like to you and more of like present here i'm always here yeah this is where i am i'm no not other places i will not be sitting on your back the whole time (laughs) (laughs) hey you can if you want (laughs) I am pretty tall. You are. <laughs> um, all right. So just to refresh my head on those, it's always present and always discerning, but yes. you can't be resolute or patient. Correct. All right. I love that contrast between the always present, but can't be patient. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening in the present moment. I need it to happen now. <laughs> Uh, or you need to get to the next moment that is present so you can then be in that moment (laughs) I love that Uh, and then to mimic that um, at least least for us on this recording I Mm -hmm. will talk about how I built Mina Um, hopefully the listeners will have already heard that since I'll probably post it before this but um, for Mina she is all two things that she is are curious and trusting and the two things that she isn't is proper and blunt (laughs) (laughs) uh so she has a roundabout way of talking about things awesome uh but always wants to learn more and uh is very is uh I wouldn't say like overly trusting in the mm-hmm. sort of like tropey way where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm going to trust everybody. Right. But it's like believes in the heart of people and, and get once you get to know people and see their hearts, then, you know, you'll trust them. Or at least trust that people will show you their heart and intention. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully is. <laughs> but, you know, that's one of the things in Wonder Home. Most yeah. people are kind. Uh, as long as we don't run into anybody with uh, too much power. I know, right? <sighs> All right. Now that we have a few touchstones for how Lila will act, uh, why don't you go ahead and choose a few things to describe your look? And then I'll mirror that with uh, describing Mina again. Okay. So I have darkness piercing, bright purple eyes. Whoa. Yep. Purple plays a lot in my characters. 
<laughs> um, and a hat that covers them when sunlight is particularly strong. Um, I wear a patchwork dress of purples and greens with a pocket for a small and practical knife. And I guess in terms of what a bush baby looks like, I also have like little rounded ears and long fingers and toes. I have to ask, uh, are there holes in the hat so the ears can poke through or does the hat mm. cover the ears? Um, I think the ears are small enough that they fit under the hat. Okay. It's a pretty- Just a visual hat. thing. <laughs> I can't, I can't yeah. uh, all right. Uh, for, also, I guess I'll give you this chance if there's any additional like things you want to use to describe your look that don't necessarily play into here. Like I gave Amina like a few like clothing items. Um, so other than the dress and the hat, I think I'm good. Um, I don't think I'd wear shoes. Um, and in terms of like how I move, I switch back and forth between walking on two feet and walking on all four. All right. Uh, and then for a reference uh, for Mina, uh, let me zoom in on my character description so I can actually <laughs> read it. Uh, Mina is a large, fluffy Angora rabbit. She is humanoid, so stands on two legs, etc. cetera. Uh, very tall and broad-shouldered. She wears a newsy hat uh, <laughs> between her slicked-back ears with an occasional tuft of fur poking out the front uh, that is dyed purple. Uh, she also has like a messenger bag on her side for all of her letters and stuff because she's a moth tender. Uh, and the four things that I chose for look is a lunar calendar, small reading glasses, a map of the local moth towers, and a sense that I'm in over my head. (laughs) (laughs) Which we may see as we begin. (laughs) And then we're going to whoosh back into interview mode. Okay. As we continue that conversation and I ask the next question, what is your favorite thing that TTRPGs let you do? We kind of touched on this a little bit in the DM player conversation, but but what keeps you coming back for more? I think this sense of adventure that is is collaborative and ever changing. Like I, I I've probably read Lord of the Rings like in its entirety ten or eleven times. Um, cause I get this, this like wanderlust usually in the fall where it's mm-hmm. like, well, I want to do something and it's like, oh, I got to get, I got to go to Mount Doom. Um, <laughs> you and, just got to, you know, when the leaves start changing, yeah. Mount Doom starts calling. Yeah. Um, and so this is something else that kind of fulfills that, that need in a way that's ever changing because now at this point like there are parts of the book I get to and I'm like okay I, I want to read through it because I know I need to read through it but like I've also read this like a bajillion times so yeah. um I I think this is kind of like fulfills that need in another way um and it's just so um it's it's such a vibrant way to do it like it's it it can change from game to game um it can change from session to session Um, And by game to game, I mean, like, I guess, campaign to campaign on a bigger Mm -hmm. scale. But even, like, within sessions, things happen, and you're just like, whoa, okay, yeah, let's go with this. Um, And so I I just love doing that um, on a more regular basis than time allows me to actually go travel. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. You can travel anywhere with a TTRPG. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And as a – I'm a teacher, and – we have a D&D club and it's just been so cool. Like I've learned so much from the, from the kid who DMs. Um, oh, yeah. He's, he's brilliant. And just like seeing the creativity that it also brings out in students. My, my goal is to one day maybe have like a Dungeons and Dragons, like elective class because it covers so many things in terms of world yeah. building and character building and like, 
yeah, I just, that would be my end goal. <laughs> that is so cool. I, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a teacher, at least not yet, but <laughs> I think I, I've always thought it'd be such a cool and useful like education tool. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even, even if it is just, Hey, look, there's a dragon. Isn't that wild? Yeah. How do you, like, how do you tackle that? But, right. Right. I don't know. The possibilities are, are literally endless. Yep. As you got as, as many brains you got, you got, yep. you got ideas. Okay. I think that's, I think that's good. I don't have anything else to say on that <laughs> at the moment. Uh, as you can tell, I'd be a wonderful job interviewer. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, after you've done it several times, you would be. That's true. So. Uh, we're learning as we go, and that's the best part of playing RPGs. I know. I feel bad for my third period class because they're always my test subject. <laughs> <laughs> I always realize something during third period that I'm like, ah, oh, man. There's got to be one. Yep. And then the other two classes go fine. <laughs> oh. Does that mean you should feel worse for the first period class or better? Nah, like, away with they get to see the, the more human side of, of <laughs> They get to see that, yes, there's still flaws in the person who's leading me, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, so next, technically, is the ask one to the left and one to the right, but we will save that uh, for once we have our characters fully complete and begin talking about kind of where we are in the journey. Okay. So if you want to jump on over to the more firefly specific things uh, you can talk to us about that uh so my companion yeah okay so my firefly companion is named sparkle and i met them when i rescued them from a prickly bush with my small knife since then we've been on many journeys together filled with fun and falling and they are carrying an adventurous. All right. Those are the those are the options, right? Yes. Okay, I haven't, I haven't read through them all yet, so I wanted to make sure. Uh, ah, yes, you rec res rescued them from a prickly bush when they were small. Uh, and... Sorry, what was the second one? I'm so sorry. Yeah, no worries. Um, so essentially, I kind of changed up the um, – uh, where'd they go? It's a whole story too long to tell with pretty, uh, plenty of incredible mishaps. So right. I kind of adapted that to um, since I've rescued them, we've been on many journeys together, filled with fun and folly, and they are caring and adventurous. Got it. I love that. Um, so sparkle, the firefly, is this, uh, they're your companion. Is this a character that you feel has a voice or obviously they'll have opinions? Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, I think they <laughs> communicate with me through Morse code of lighting up their firefly butt. Wonderful. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> if not a physical voice, uh, how do they communicate with you? Uh, that is how. That's awesome. We just get get some flashing lights every now and then. Yes. And then uh, Sparkle, uh, does Sparkle use pronouns or, or have any specific pronouns? Uh, they, them. Got it. Uh, all right. And then you get to choose uh, a few things to carry with you, right? Um, yes. So, hold on, I need to get my notebook back. So each night, I light a rusted iron lantern that my mother carried. She would light it each night so I could find my way home. And though the light of the rebellion has died out, I carry my passion for it in case there is a time it is needed to be lit again. Ooh, interesting. The light of the rebellion. So were you part of this unspecified at the moment rebellion? Or did you know somebody who was part of it? I was, I was part of it. 
Okay. Yes. Uh, is this something that you think Lila would care to elaborate on? Or considering that the light has died out, is it something that she might keep uh, keep hidden down? It is something she might reveal um, as she feels comfortable because being part of a rebellion, you never know like mm-hmm. who you might run into that wouldn't have wouldn't have been fond of the rebellion. Um, so she kind of keeps that close until she learns she could trust someone and if it if it uh, is necessary to talk about. Fair. Uh, I ask because if there is something you would like to, um, we don't have to talk about the entire rebellion because, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice to keep it vague and like looming as a place to draw from. But if there's anything that you would like to add narratively um, of maybe like what that rebellion meant, because uh, in the book, it's incredibly vague. Everything is vague. And it's all about what the players bring. I don't know if you have any thoughts on on what that might mean or if you would rather leave it for now. Yeah, I haven't put that much thought into it yet, so I don't know. That's totally valid. It's also something we can explore in play if it comes up or if we decide we want to. Okay. Um, I'll mirror that stuff by reading off what I chose for Mina. Uh, As the moth tender, you get to choose three letters or packages that you carry Mm. and where they're going. Uh, I have a vague idea of of where these things are going, but I haven't fully assigned them yet. I might just go for it right now because I think they're cool. However, the packages and letters I'm carrying are a summons from the king of the floating mountain a wax-sealed love letter, and a basket of homemade candies. Ooh, I like that Uh, last one. (laughs) Yeah. The places that they are going, you know what? I'll just read them off as as I have assigned them, because I think that might sound interesting. Uh, We have a basket of homemade candies for a cheerful young rabbit that just moved to the big city. (laughs) this is pretty apt because we have a wax sealed love letter for the leader of the last outpost of the rebellion. Oh, perfect. Uh, And we have a summons from the King of the floating mountain for a cheerful old farmer with a big family. No idea what that means. No idea if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, It is yet, unclear if the rebellion was against this king of the floating mountain or not uh who knows but either way and those are the packages and letters that mina carries with her and the two things that she always carries with her this is that last step is the wisdom of my caring adoptive mother who reminded me to always be myself this is just a that's pretty much the wisdom Be yourself. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Or don't accept anybody asking you to not be yourself. Nice. And a promise that I made to my best friend that weighs heavy on my heart. Uh, And this is... I don't know if I'll keep this section in the recording or not when we go out, because this is what I, like, visualized in play, kind of. Uh Uh-huh. Um... But I made a kith for my best friend. Uh, Elicor Luce uses Z and Zem pronouns. And they're a small red panda person. uh, Who has the invisible and imaginative trait. Because they stay inside a lot. Slash get fatigued easily when exploring outside. Uh, And they like to collect post stamps. Aww. Uh, so Mina would bring them like, like postage that that she found along the way that either got lost or, or just had cool stuff. <laughs> and the promise that weighs heavy on Mina's heart is uh, a promise to work at a moth tower, uh, the two of them together, uh, in the future. Okay. But it, 
it weighs heavy on her on her heart because she got sent on this journey around the hate. So she can't she can't do that yet and might get stationed to a different uh, moth tower. Okay. So it's always on her mind. I like those. Okay, and then we are almost done with building the character. But uh, I would ask, since I took the chance to build a NPC or a kith that is personal to Mina, if you would like to build, build one. I know you mentioned a mother that carried a rusted lantern before you. That could be a potential kith to build. Um hmm. Or I'm maybe like a best friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, yeah, you know. interesting. Uh, or if there's a best friend or something, or or even if you don't want to build anybody yet, that's also totally fine. Uh, maybe yeah, you left everything behind to travel with Sparkle. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's another thing. We could also build Sparkle out <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, I know. It's kind of what I'm imagining. <laughs> If you want to add some more aspects to them, some traits. Um, so I've already got that they're carrying an adventurous. Um, I think we're, we have a, a symbiotic relationship in terms of how we support each other. Okay. Um, so because they can fly, um, they sometimes act as, um, scout of sorts um if we're in an area where it's like yeah not so sure what this is going to be like they they could scout things out so that we that we remain safe we keep each other safe okay got it so well lila might be more in the present (laughs) (laughs) go out and, and find other places i like that so bugs are very ranging in sizes in this game Okay. Uh, do you do you visualize Sparkle as like a a firefly as we would know, like in our world, or do you visualize them like bigger? I visualize them as bigger. Um, it'll be easier to read that Morse code light. <laughs> That's true. Instead of just like a tiny <laughs> little, little flicker. <laughs> um, <laughs> gotta squint at it. Yeah. You gotta get close. <laughs> Was that two flashes or one? Um, so yeah, let's go with. Um, so Lila's about four feet tall. Let's say that Sparkle is maybe the size of a chickadee. All right. Not big enough to carry Lila. <laughs> Not big enough to carry Lila, but um, big enough that there's some substance there, and they can they yeah. can sit on Lila's shoulder if they need to. More than just a point on the horizon. Yes. The last thing in terms of character creation that I will have you do is go ahead and read the specific things that the fire firelight can always do. Each playbook has a set of like just actions that they can visually put into the narrative for free at any point. Mm-hmm. So Lila can always pet her firefly. Notice the time of day, especially when that sun is really, really harsh. Um, Illuminate something in darkness. Keep walking. Say, watch your step. Ask, you need a hand. And um, she gets a token if uh, you accept her help. All right. Uh, And I did lie a little bit accidentally. (laughs) <laughs> which I guess is not much of a lie if it's yeah. an accident, but uh, we did forget, or I guess I forgot, about the asking one to the left and one to the oh, right. Yeah. Uh, just as an, a little extra way to tie in uh, connections between the two characters. Because the way I, I see this playing out is... Uh, considering the show itself is going to have a different guest each time, mm-hmm. it would get a little dry if the beginning of everything was, oops, I bumped into this new person. Hello. <laughs> um, so I imagine that we are zooming in on a moment that 
just in like a broader journey together. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it is closer to the beginning. Maybe it's closer to the end. But we have been traveling together for some decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, when you travel with somebody, you make connections, even if they are slight. So why don't you go ahead and ask me one of these questions so we can get a little bit more information about the bond between Mina and Lila. Okay. Um, where do you wish I could guide you and why can't I? Ooh. Oh, dang. <laughs> you had a lot of things on your list that you wanted to do, so. That is true. Oh. Huh. So there's an easy, easy out, which is just like, the next tower. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't because, I don't know, maybe you don't want to go there. <laughs> um, that seems that seems a little bit too easy. Uh, so let me take a look at the stuff that describes Mina really quickly. Oh gosh, this is hard. Because <laughs> I could... I could make it... I, I wish that you could guide me back to my hometown uh, where, where my best friend is. But you can't do that because I'm on this journey. <laughs> Um, but that also kind of seems like, well, just like a, I just, I can't do it just because I can't. So it could be something not physical. Yeah. Like mentally, where would. I wish. Hmm. Do you have any suggestions? Any, any thoughts? Um, so based on. So the, the fact that I tend to stay in the present, it seems like Mina has a lot more going on that's drawing her desire, drawing her mind to other places. Yeah. And so maybe you wish I could guide you to a, a place where you're more okay with what's going on in the moment. Um, I think I think I might have something. Okay, great. It's It's... I wish you could guide me out of the past. Mm. Um, but, oh, oh, what's the but though? You can't because, um, I guess, I guess the can't is just because you, you don't know my past yet. Okay. Uh, cause right now I'm, I'm, Mina is still focused on the, the promises that she made and, and her inability to keep them at the moment. So she's not truly exploring and, and enjoying the adventure yet. Yep. All right. Yeah. Um, I wish you could guide me out of the past. You just won't let go of those letters. Oh, (laughs) you're right. I won't. I do. I probably do have letters. Uh, which is perfect because in the little scene I made, I told Elacor I would write letters to Zen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And maybe I haven't sent the letters yet. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, that's great. Oh, wait, I have to ask you one. I yes. am getting sidetracked. Oh, goodness. <laughs> now I'm getting nervous. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, let's go to the moth tender. Okay. So I'll ask one of these and then we can have a brief like conversation about how we think the two of us met. Okay. Uh, I don't think we need to necessarily dive deep into it, but just as a sort of like, oh, here was Mina by herself. Where did we meet this person? <laughs> uh, but my question to you Oh, huh. <laughs> there's two really good ones here. One of them might just instantly be a no, though, because of Sparkle. I, I yes, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> um, uh, 
Yeah, so I'm not gonna do that one. The the one that is, do you think the moths are as beautiful as uh, I yeah, do? Yeah, I know. Because uh, that's probably just gonna be a no. So, what I will ask is, why did I risk my job and career to help you? Mm. Another so, hard one. Yep. So, you are inherently a very caring rabbit. And you recognized that this brief risk in your current job could lead to better things later on. So your ultimate goals of getting back to those you love, you realized that the job you had might be keeping you from that. And so that if you helped me and, and came with me, you would ultimately get to that bigger um, goal that you have. Mm, okay. Do we have any idea of what this this task that I that I helped you do is? Um, or at least began uh, to help you, because that could also be the uh, the the framing of of the journey that we go on. It could be us on that quest or something. So. Fire uh, uh, Sparkle has a family that they have lost. Historically, fireflies have helped guide people who want to get back to some particular place. And so with, we're going to say it's an abundance of fireflies that went missing. With an abundance of fireflies missing, those kind of lost people have not been able to get back to those they love. They are almost kind of not cursed necessarily, but kind of doomed to continue wandering until the fireflies can lead them back to wherever it is that they particularly want to go. Mm. And so you said, because you wanted to, like you felt that your inability to get back to where you needed to be might partly because you, you lacked a guide. You wanted to help find these fireflies so that not only could you get back to where you wanted to be, others could also get back to where they might want to be. I like that. So, so I agreed to help you find fire, find these fireflies as a way to guide both me and others. Yes. Uh, and knowing that like goals may change and wherever it is that you decide you want to go at any given time, the firefly can help. Yeah. Uh, and I think the reason that put my job in danger uh, is because uh, technically I'm supposed to be on this journey from tower to tower. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't check in at one tower. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they are sending people out to find me. Nice. Or, or something of that lines. Or because I didn't check into the tower, I didn't get a letter delivered to a certain person on time okay. or something like that. But the whole thing is I didn't go where I was supposed to. So people <laughs> are maybe not super happy. Uh, and we'll see how that, that plays out. And I think we can kind of, to, to bring us back to that, how did we meet I think we can kind of tie that in together because that was the sort of me agreeing to go along with, with Lila. Uh, my brief, I'll, 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 I'll list off my brief suggestion first, just on visuals, uh, where I left Mina at the end of my little individual session was that the sun was setting and she was about to get into a hot air balloon <laughs> to to leave her current town of Rosewalk and go to the next tower where she would begin her journey. But I think something happened and the balloon crashed. Oh, yeah. uh, so she would at least initially believe she would have to make her way there on foot. Mm. So perhaps you either met at the crash, uh, you unknowingly had some reason for like instigated the crash maybe not that one but uh, <laughs> my, my firefly overpowered the, no, uh, <laughs> popped my balloon 
Okay, uh, so I like this. Maybe um, there was a storm. Maybe Lila was kind of traveling in the area and kind of saw something go down and sent Sparkle to check it out. Yeah. And Sparkle came back and recorded Ooh. and so Lila went to to help. Maybe maybe Sparkle guided me to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like cause Sparkle went and checked it out. It was like, "Hey, there's this person in trouble." And like did some glowy cool stuff. Yeah, like <laughs> And I was like, "Ooh." Yeah, they were lighting up in a way that you were like, "Oh, this Yeah. This, this way to safety. Telling me a message. Yeah. Let me follow it. <laughs> so Sparkle led me to you. Yeah, I like that. After my balloon crashed. Crash landed. Okay. And I think uh, my brain has fully comprehended everything on this list. And we have completed your character. One last thing before we jump over to running the visual part of the session. Uh, I'm going to ask each guest to incorporate a physical attribute to the land of Haith. Maybe it's something we'll see in this journey, maybe not, but regardless, uh, we can all collectively build locations or just views in the land that we can draw from. Uh, for a reference to the audience and to you, the physical attribute I included was four moons, <laughs> the eighth <laughs> that, that we live on, which I guess would count it as a spherical planet floating in space, but we don't have to think about that, uh, <laughs> has four moons, one of which is equally tidally locked to the eighth, uh, basically meaning that that moon never leaves the the same location on the globe of the Haith or wherever we are. Uh, <laughs> it can only be seen from that spot. So yeah, Lila, why won't you, why, why don't you tell us the attribute that you would like to add? Okay. So I am adding the Whispering Peaks. This is a range of mountains on the western side of the Haithland. Travelers can seek guidance from spirits whose answers whisper on the wind. Um, in this place, but like this ever, but like the ever-changing winds, the advice of the spirits is not always reliable and can lead to chaotic results. Ooh, I love that. I oh, the imagery of of winds sounding <laughs> like words is just outstanding. <laughs> no, I want to go there now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can. We, we can totally that. explore that. Uh, all right. Uh, I think that is all in terms of character creation. Okay. 